You're on the air, Bob Ray. Thank you, Wilbur Conley. Young Squirter works for us, and we're just in time, ladies and gentlemen, to take you out to Hayes Meadow, where Leon Pascal, our special remote man, is ready to tell us what's taking place. How are things in the meadow, Leon? Well, Jim, I have some people here, two men who say they're thoughtful. In other words, Leon, they're people who are able to make decisions themselves. Is that the idea? About it, uh, Jim. Uh, we're going to talk to the first gentleman. Sir, what is your name? David Sims. I see. And, sir, uh, you must be a school teacher. The suit you're wearing is the popular seminary blue, and you're carrying a composition book. Seems to be a large amount of chalk dust filtering out of your pocket, so I guess you are a teacher? No, I'm a stunt pilot. You a stunt pilot? Why not? But I like teaching, too. I just came down to Hayes Meadow to collect some larvae to show the children I teach. Excuse me. Uh, Jim, uh, Mr. Sims has a strainer, and he's dipping it into the swamp here at Hayes Meadow. Now I believe he's coming up with some larvae. Yes, he's come up with some larvae. And what's he going to do with it, Leon? Uh, well, Mr. Sims, are you going to show that larvae you scooped out of the swamp to children? Let me put it this way. I believe a man has to do what he wants to do. Well, if my eyes don't deceive me, I believe I see in the material you scooped out of the swamp uh, a leftover and dreaded Anopheles mosquito, a real germ carrier. How do you feel about showing that to children? Well, I think a man should make up his own mind. I believe firmly that a man should stick to what he knows best. Well, Jim, Mr. Sims took off in his airplane, and he's doing a few stunts. I might point out he seems to be pretty good at it, too. And there he goes into a famous Immelman, and out of sight. Wonderful, Leon. And now, uh, do you have anyone else out there? Uh, yes. He's dressed in a cowboy outfit, and he's mounting a horse. Is he uh, a cowboy, Leon? Well, he's having a little bit of trouble. The horse just barked and threw him into the swamp here at Hayes Meadow. Sir, sir, you must be a cowboy. Me, a cowboy? Don't make me laugh. Well, you haven't so far, sir. Just what are you? I'm a photo retoucher at Sturdley's department store. I see. What did, what did he say he was, Leon? He's a photo retoucher. Well, ask him how come he's acting like a cowboy. He seems to take a sound beating on a horse. Sir, how come you ride horses, especially since you seem to take such a sound beating, my boss wanted me to ask? Why not? Well, I don't understand, sir. Well, don't you think that uh, a man should be thoughtful? Well, yes, I think so. Uh, now, I notice that your kneecap, though, is uh, caved in from the fall you took. To which hospital are you going? Well, don't you think I should decide that for myself? As a thoughtful man, that's a decision I have to make without any help. Well, look, I have a friend who's a hat maker, but he drives an ambulance as a hobby. I can get him for you in a minute. And if I decide to use him, I will, without any coercion. But I think I'd rather remount my horse and ride to Mercy Hospital myself. Fine, and look, if you run into a Dr. J.L. Peckner, pay no attention to him. He's a restaurateur. And now, back to the studio. <laughs> Wilbur, that, uh, that music got us back here, I guess. Yeah, okay. All right. And at this point, I think we should have a word from the American Telephone and Telegraph Company. 
So long. Have a nice trip. Don't forget to phone. Whenever, wherever you go this summer, go first by long distance. Most people do. Like these two. Hi, Jane. Oh, hello, John. I thought you and Jim were on vacation. We leave tomorrow. Have any trouble getting reservations? None. We made them by telephone some time ago. No doubt about it. Long distance helps you have a carefree vacation. Use it to make reservations, to call friends along the way, to phone home while you're gone. Now's a good time to call while long distance rates are lowest. Remember, whenever, wherever you go this summer, go first by long distance. We've invited to our studios today a gentleman from the Perthwaite Musical Typewriter Company. And uh, I believe uh, you're Mr. Lawrence Perthwaite yourself, aren't you? Founder yes. of the company? Mm -hmm. uh, you're here for a demonstration, right? I will be in a minute. Do you mind giving me a hand with this musical typewriter? I'd like to like it next to the window. Sure thing, Mr. Perthwaite. <laughs> uh, how's that? Fine. Thank you, Mr. Goulding. Well, it uh, doesn't look anything at all like the ordinary typewriter, uh, Mr. Perthwaite. It's much larger. There seems to be a canvas bag above the keyboard. What's the bag for? Well, there's a special key marked P for pump, which inflates the bag. Oh. And when I press the DM key for damper, a valve opens and draws air into the bag from the atmosphere. Then there's no need for foot pedals, eh? None at all. Now, watch what happens when I press the P and DM keys, Mr. Golding. It's beginning to uh, fill up. Yeah. And uh, while the canvas bag is filling up with air, sir, what's the reason for a musical typewriter? I'll tell you after I press the governor key here. Keeps the bag from becoming overinflated. Works on the same principle as Zeppelin overinflation. Mm-hmm. There. Well, the bag seems to be filling uh, more slowly now, sir. Now, uh, you asked me the reason for the musical typewriter? I believe I did, just before you pressed the governor key there. Well, our research staff has found that it cuts down on finger fatigue, an occupational hazard among secretaries. The ordinary typewriter provides no recreation, you see. I see. And is the musical typewriter uh, difficult to operate, Mr. Perthwaite? Well, it does take a bit of doing. It has a 450-letter keyboard. And as you can see, it's nine feet across in uh, consequence. And, uh, well, how does the secretary type a letter on a keyboard that long? I mean, well, she has to sit on a chair with casters, and then with one foot on the ground, she can kick off kind of scooter mm -hmm. fashion. Well, look, the bag is just about inflated now, Mr. Perthwaite. And I know we're all anxious to uh, hear the demonstration. Well, just as soon as I hit the pump, damper, and governor keys. All right. There we are. Now for a practical demonstration. There's uh, a letter in my desk there, Ray. Would you dictate it to me? Sure thing. Uh, this is Mr. Perthwaite. Your membership in the Explorers Club is hereby canceled place you told us about... Uh, and you see now how this would cut down finger fatigue? The place you told us about has been uh, set foot on before. Indeed, it's a resort these days. Signed, Vasco da Gama, chairman of the Explorers Club. Hmm. 
I'll have that typed in about a half hour. Well, you didn't tell me uh, you had to leave the keyboard to clutch the canvas bag to your chest to expel the air, though. Well, it gives the secretary something to do. I'll have that letter for you in a while. Look, uh, just send it to me in care of CBS here, and I'll flip it over at my leisure. Now, I think we should welcome another of our uh, regular members of the Bob and Ray uh, family here who wasn't with us on our first show yesterday, Mary Magoon, who was in charge of the experimental kitchen and as uh, all, as well the uh, Bob and Ray uh, cafeteria, which we maintain for all of our staff. Mary, how are you? Just fine, thank you. <clears throat> how do you like the new setup here? Well, I don't see any possible reason for having a typewriter that... Sounds like bagpipes. Is that what you mean? Well, no, I didn't mean that, especially. He's, he was just uh, somebody that our staff does. Well, one of those unusual interviews, I suppose. Well, in a way, yes. What have you been doing with yourself lately? Well, as you know, I'm quite interested in the summer theater this year. I miss... Did you play stock last summer? No, I was in uh, springtime for Henry all last year. Yeah, all year, huh? Yes, we played it in almost 15 different areas. Well, there must be some interesting stories connected with Excuse playing Bob, Mary, like uh, your stockings are slipping. Yes, I noticed that. Uh, I'm not wearing any stockings. I'm sorry. Uh, get, uh, getting back to your your uh, summer theater experiences, just wanted to mention that we pull that joke annually on this date, and we wanted to get it in before the show was over. That's right. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Just in case. Yeah. Did you, did you run in any trouble? And where did you play? In Maine or Maine and in Massachusetts and in New York State and in Kansas. That's quite a widespread area. Well, there. it was a long time to get out to Kansas, and uh, it was difficult to fill up the barn with people. We played uh -huh. in a barn, and it was difficult not only to fill it up with people. To get a lot of the animals out of the barn, it was hot and sticky at the time. Is that the place where the farmer was rather reluctant to to let the theater people use the yes, barn? Yes, he thought we were loonies of some sort, but uh, we had quite a while trying to convince him that this is the thing to do with a barn in the summer. And he had quite a problem with with the rainfall act. Uh, rainfall, and mosquitoes. Yes. All in all, it was rather an unpleasant uh, experience for you, huh? Well. You see, most of the animals didn't leave the barn, as I explained. And during the show, one would wander across the stage, chicken they hobbled through and all. And it was quite distracting. Distracting, sure. Because we hadn't uh, memorized our lines anyway. So what do you mean? You, you went on with this play without knowing what you were going we to We had a few cards. Well, I think that's a first for summer theater, isn't it? Well, it was just that we're all, uh, you know, so busy uh, that we couldn't memorize our lines. Yeah. That was the whole problem, Bob. Well, did the audience stay with you, or, or were they... Well, you've changed. Why? What do you mean? Well, the beard and all. <laughs> I don't have a beard. Well, then it's the light. Well, it is a little darker. so far down below street level. How many feet would you estimate? Oh, I don't know, 20 or 30. We're, we're trying to uh, do something about that. I mm -hmm. think by next week we may be upstairs. I if see. it's possible. Fine. Well, you've got a nice kitchen to work in here. and yes. We're expecting big things from you. Well, nice talking with you, and uh, we'll see you soon, Mary. Thank you very much. I Come see uh, Charles Laporte coming in. Would you hold the door for yes. him? Yes. Hello, Charles. we have a little bit of Charles's theme, please? Sit right down. Thank you. 
Now, round the corner and up your street comes your friendly poet philosopher, Charlie, with a few memories, perhaps, taken from the pages of his dusty, tattered manuscript. Charles, hi there, everybody. I have a poem called Memory. I walked through the sands of memory by the rocky shore of my trampled heart. And as the endless waves of foaming sentiment and as the endless waves Charles, I'm afraid if you can't control yourself, you'll have to discontinue. Why don't I have to take it from the top? Just once more, Charles. Perhaps if we move the bird. I walk through the sand. No, I'm afraid you can't this time. Charles the poet, becoming around the corner and down your way someday real soon. And until then, as always, he says... So long now. <laughs> so an inauspicious first for him, I think. I don't know what it is. Something always seems to break up, Charles. That was a particularly beautiful poem. Now, we'll have a lot of mail from people saying, I wish he would read his poems all the way through without laughing and giggling. Well, he'll, he can practice up on that. Speaking of mail, we haven't had too much as yet. But uh, we would like to say that we're here to answer your questions. And if you have anything you'd like to know, that we can help somebody in the audience yes, ask questions. Uh, probably the reason, Speak right up. Probably the reason you don't have any mail is you don't send out self-addressed envelopes that are stamped. Nobody does that, sir. We've run into a great deal too much expense. I was expense. just an idea, and I was sitting here trying uh, to think of something to say so I'd be on the radio. Well, all right. You, you've been on the radio, but... I know. I hope we've been able to answer your question. I told you, Madeline, I could do it. Uh, I think it's time to say goodbye now anyway. Yes, it is. So until the next time, this is Ray Goulding reminding you all, please, write if you get work. Bob Elliott reminding you to hang by your thumb. This is the CBS Radio Network.